Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. I'm so excited to have you back again. If you are a new listener to One of a Kind You, welcome. I'm so excited that you decided to take a stop by and listen to see what this podcast is all about. The way that this podcast works is I share a journal entry of mine from six years ago, and I reflect now what I wish I had known then, uh, being that now I'm a certified life coach. And so um, the journal entry that I'm going to share with you today is actually um, a very long journal entry. It's five pages long, but I'm only going to share the last page of it or so um, because this is what's really important. And um, I'll touch on the other pages too because they're super important, but I've written names and I don't want to have to um, accidentally slip up and worry about saying a name in case someone <laughs> listens of a name that I say. Um, so I will start with um, the part of the journal entry that I want to share and then I'll go back to talk about the other parts too um, because it's all related. So this journal entry is from May 9th, 2016 and I write, Pete and I went to iFly on Saturday night which was so fun. I took myself out of my comfort zone and really enjoyed the experience. Pete and I were talking about the summer on the way home and the conversation led to me expressing how inadequate I feel on so many levels. Ultimately, it all comes back to my childhood and what I wasn't given by my parents. It is so incredibly frustrating. Joel talked today about dropping it, letting it go, and moving on. I really want to, but find it difficult when I'm reminded of it on an almost daily basis. Yesterday at yoga, Rebecca read about celebrating moms, and she said moms sacrifice, serve, and teach. I do this every day, but I want to teach the right things to Lily and Casey. So I'll talk about these first and then I'll go back to the other points in this journal entry. So it was a struggle, you know, I did feel inadequate on a lot of levels because of my childhood. And so for um, people who don't listen regularly, just a little backstory. So um, in 2014, I left my teaching career and I started going to therapy thinking that I was, ha well, I was having an identity crisis um, because I had identified as a teacher for pretty much my entire life and um, was expecting the therapist to say, oh, no problem, three easy ways to fix an identity crisis. And in that, I ended up having a completely different identity crisis. It wasn't an identity crisis of leaving teaching. It actually ended up being an identity crisis of someone who was affected by childhood trauma. So early in, the, in my therapy journey, the therapist said, you know, you're codependent. I didn't know what that meant. So I Googled it and yes, I could check all the, the boxes for codependency. And then she brought up anxiety and I didn't think I was anxious, but again, I could check all the boxes for being anxious. And she really pushed medication, but I would not allow myself to, to take the medication because I felt like I was a failure. And for me, if I needed medication to get through the day, then that made me even more of a failure. And that doesn't mean that I am anti-medication. I feel like if it's something that you need, then by all means take it, but I just couldn't allow myself to do that. And then the final straw on the camel's back was that she said that I was um, affected by childhood emotional neglect. And of course, again, I could check the boxes, and yes, I was. And so the thing I think that rocked me to my core the most 
was the childhood emotional neglect, followed with a close second of codependency. And so I really took on those labels to the depths of my soul. and I could not shake them. And because of those labels, I became this angry, bitter, resentful person. And I just felt like the world was against me. And so um, honestly, I was the only one who was reminding myself on a daily basis of the codependency and the childhood emotional neglect. And I, I think also I was reminded because, you know, when my girls were little, we would go to mommy and me class. And then even as they got to be school age children and they were in um, preschool and kindergarten and first grade, second grade, I looked at other parents and I compared myself to them. And so I always, in my mind, wasn't patient enough. I wasn't organized enough. I wasn't crafty enough. I wasn't, I was just never enough as a mom in comparison to the other moms at school because I had somehow convinced myself that they had it more together than I did. And it was because they didn't have childhood emotional neglect impacting their childhood, which then wasn't impacting them in their adult years. And so um, I just felt so so devastated by that and I just could not shake that. And so I was in this really deep, dark place of blaming my parents, not really fully recognizing the own sh- the struggles that my parents were having and why my parents were having those struggles. So my mom was taken um, by the state of Delaware when she was 10 with her siblings and placed in foster care. And foster care was as bad if not worse than being with the biological parents. And so she was bounced around to multiple foster homes and and um, I guess they're behavioral homes, almost like a, an orphanage on some level um, when there wasn't a foster care situation for her to be placed in because the one that she had left was abusive. And so considering that, those, that that was my mom's childhood from the age of 10 until she was 18 when she was um, removed from foster care because she was deemed an adult at that point. I mean, considering the things that my mom experienced and went through, the fact that she, A, survived it, she didn't develop um, any drug addictions or alcohol dependency, nothing like that. Um, she went into the military. She served in the military for 30 some years. I mean, all in all, my mom really did a good job of turning her life around and not really allowing her childhood to impact her too much. And with that being said, my mom's childhood does impact her. It impacts her relationships with her husbands. So her childhood affected her marriage with my dad and it affects her marriage with my stepdad. And I think my stepdad also has some childhood trauma issues that also affects the way that he shows up to the marriage. But considering, and then, you know, my dad is trying to be in a relationship with someone who is codependent, who is, um, I'll say, haunted by the abuse, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the sexual abuse that she experienced growing up. And so he wasn't equipped to be in a relationship with someone who had that much, I'll say, baggage. And then they brought a child into the world, which was me. And so trying to parent me and make their marriage work and hold full-time jobs and struggling to put heat in the, you know, oil in the tank to heat the trailer and all of those things. Um, 
no wonder <laughs> there's childhood emotional neglect in my childhood. It's a lot, you know, and then my parents divorced when I was young, I think four or five, and then my dad married someone who's nine years younger, and so um, they were, she was 26, I think, no, younger than that, 24 maybe, 25 when they got married, and my dad was in his early 30s. Um, and then so here's this young 20-something, I'll say girl, but this young woman trying to adjust to having a six-year-old stepdaughter was not adjusting well to the role of pseudo-mom. My dad wasn't equipped to help manage her with the transition in her life. And it was just, um, it was stressful for everyone. And then, you know, so dealing with that and then seeing, you know, arguing and um, dysfunction in my mom's house between my mom and my stepdad it, it was a lot so but in all of that my parents really were do, they did the best that they could in the moment with the skills that they had so there was a lot of um, non-awareness around my mom's issues and why she was the way that she was my dad's mother grew up with an alcoholic father so there you know my dad was raised in a codependent environment and on some level, he has codependency too, not for being in the marriage with my mom, but being raised by a woman who grew up with an alcoholic father. And so there's, you know, codependency there. And so they, it, you know, like every human, we have trauma, we have issues. And so they just, they were doing the best they could with the skills and the tools that they had. And there's just this little peanut, me, who's kind of caught in the crossfire between it all. And so I didn't even know that codependency or um, codependency was a thing or childhood emotional neglect was a thing until the therapist told me. So I felt not great about my childhood. I felt um, resentful and not nice towards my stepmom because that relationship was always tumultuous. And then as the, you know, what really hit the fan when I became a teenager and life wasn't great at my mom's house either. So there was, you know, I had feelings about that environment too. And so um, just the labels the therapist gave it really brought it to the surface. It really was like the pimple that pops, like explosive pop. And so I just couldn't let go of the labels of codependency and childhood emotional neglect. And and because I couldn't let go of them, I was the one who was reliving it every single day with the mental stories I was telling myself, with the um, observations that I was making in regards to myself versus other moms, um, my marriage versus other marriages, um, my relationship with my friends versus people's relationship with their friends. I was just in this constant state of comparison, but also on high alert. And so no wonder I was miserable. No wonder I felt like I had never measured up because I told myself I didn't. And I'm the one who continued to perpetuate the frustration and the hurt and the pain. And I didn't know how to drop it. I didn't know how to let it go. And I certainly did not know how to move on. And so um, really understanding the root cause of why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. So. On some level, the labels of codependency, anxiety, and childhood emotional neglect, they helped identify the root cause, but those were really, the codependency and the anxiety were patterns that I was running because of the feelings of unworthiness and the feeling of 
not being enough and not mattering and not being loved, which goes back to the childhood emotional neglect. And so that was, I just couldn't process it all. And I wasn't really getting tools or strategies or anything to, from the therapist to help manage it on a day-to-day basis. And, and because I felt like I wasn't managing it very well and it was just constantly on my mind, I was making it worse because I was going to the library and I was checking out every book I could find on childhood emotional neglect. I was doing all, so much inner child work to the point where I was actually exhausting myself. And I was reading about codependency, I was looking at anxiety, I had papers printed, I had um, a binder filled with stuff on codependency and childhood emotional neglect and anxiety and anything else that popped into my head. I had this huge binder filled with all this stuff. Journal entries and thoughts that I had written down about life and what could have been, what should have been, will it ever change no it will never change and so it was because i was just literally sinking in quicksand in these labels instead of saying okay here is the label of codependency or here is the label of anxiety and why am i creating this level of anxiety in my life it's because i'm you know living in people pleasing mode i'm living in perfectionism mode i'm overcompensating for the things that I think I lack and so um, thinking about the future thinking about all the things that could go wrong in this moment reflecting on the past and so uh, it was this what I needed to do was say okay Kim why why is the anxiety happening okay it's happening because of these beliefs it's happening because of this story that you're telling yourself it's happening because of this meaning that you've created and really getting down into the root cause of it and seeing that that root cause, that was all learned in childhood, but that was old, that wasn't now. And working through it so that I could let it, really truly let it go and move on and not have it impact my life. And so um, so I did that with my life coach and that was game a game changer. And so it was at that point that I said, okay, I need to be able to give other women who are having the same struggle the tools that I've just been gifted. And so um, if you are in that same situation that I was and you feel like you need help, I have three one-on-one coaching spots available. And if you'd like to have more information, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. You can send me an email. You can hop onto my website to take a look at more for more information. Um, but I would love to be able to help you on your journey. So the next part of the entry that I wanted to talk about was um, the yoga. And so the yoga passage that was um, shared by the yoga teacher. And so, um, you know, moms, we do sacrifice, we do serve, and we do teach every day. But I wanted to teach my girls the right things. And so part of that is, was healing my own things first because I did not want to model for them the behavior that I was engaging in in that moment, in this time of struggle, but I also didn't want to teach them that behavior so that they could mimic it growing up because um, the behavior that I was exhibiting as an adult, the anxiety, the people-pleasing, the perfectionism, the comparison, I actually was doing all of those things when I was little. I just didn't really have the awareness But when I was little, I mean little, probably three, four, 
I always felt like there was something wrong with me and that no one would like me. I would never get married. No one would ever want to marry me. And I, because I had these beliefs, it impacted how I showed up. And so what I want, wanted my girls to know is that they are beautiful, they're enough, they're worthy, and that's for them to determine, not someone else, some, not some external source. And so I really needed to heal myself first so that I could show up and, and teach them in a way that was empowering rather than a way that was gonna teach them to be disempowered. Because in this moment, I was pretty disempowered and knew that I needed to make a change because I didn't want to continue going through life feeling that way, but I certainly did not want my girls to learn that behavior because some of the behavior I learned, I actually learned from my mom. Um, you know, my mom feels flawed and defective and that's because of the experiences she had growing up. That's because of the experiences she had with her birth parents, but also the experiences she had with a foster mom and foster dads. And so, um, you know, so my mom unintentionally projected some of her self beliefs onto me, and I was not going to continue that trend. And I was going to break the cycle, and I couldn't break that cycle until I took care of my own self first. And that was that was hard because you know, as a mom, there's on sometimes we feel guilt for prioritizing ourselves because you know our kids are our first priority, our marriage is our first priority, but. My marriage was not doing well at this point. My husband was super patient, super tolerant, and super supportive. God bless him because I don't know that I could be as supportive and compassionate as he was because I was really, really miserable and I was really not fun to be around. I mean, I was just in this constant state of sadness and depression and I had such a short fuse that did not take much to set me off. And so um, I, I knew it was about changing and break, changing the cycle, breaking the cycle and creating a cycle that was new, um, a, creating a basically a new legacy, giving something to my girls that was better than what was left for me. And so in this, on the previous pages, you know, I think the reason I was so focused on that is because I had written that um, I was struggling emotionally during this last week um, because one friend went out with another friend um, to, an, to an activity for our daughters and my girls and I weren't invited. Um, friend B had just complained the week before this about how she and her daughter weren't invited to ice cream with friend A and myself. And so we didn't intentionally exclude um, but then I felt like, wow, friend B just complained about that, but yet then they did it to me. And so I really started to take it personally because the thoughts stemming back to childhood emotional neglect, not being worthy, not being valued, not being important, were totally triggered in this situation. And then um, another friend left me out of a Facebook post. And looking back, I had only been on Facebook for an itty bitty amount of time. I wasn't super involved on Facebook at this time. And she picked friends who were always on Facebook. But I still felt really upset. And I knew I was being oversensitive because of the situation with friend A and friend B. Um, but I just felt, I, I try to be a good friend to everyone and don't understand why I'm singled out, rejected, or mistreated. 
And so was that true that I was singled out and rejected and mistreated? No, I was creating a meaning to something that wasn't there. And that was because that was part of the experience I had growing up with peers at school. But I felt that way too at times with um, the relationship with my dad and my stepmom. I felt singled out and I felt left out and I felt mistreated because there were times where I would be at my mom's house for the weekend and I would come home and my dad had left a big beautiful bouquet of red roses on the counter for my stepmom but then I had nothing. I had no flowers of my own and so in my eight-year-old, nine-year-old brain I immediately convinced myself that my dad didn't love me. He loved my stepmom more and um, I was just you know, no pun intended, but a thorn in their side. And so because I had that belief at such an early age, any time I felt like I had gotten the short end of the stick in a relationship, I immediately thought that it was because I was being singled out or being mistreated. And so um, I said to myself, I had to try to tell myself that it has nothing to do with me and that it is due to the other person's problems. I'm just over being mistreated. And it's true. Uh, that whole situation with my daughter and me not being invited to the activity had nothing to do with me. And um, I, it was just, a, it just happened. It had nothing to do with me. They weren't like, oh, we're going to leave Kim out and her daughter out this time and blah, blah, blah. Not even like that. It wasn't. But I had created this whole story and attached this meaning to something that wasn't true. And... Um, and it really was not working for me because then I was miserable. I felt, um, I didn't feel like I could trust my friends. I didn't feel like I belonged. And so I sort of closed off and distanced myself um, until I, you know, I got over it and was able to talk myself off the ledge. And so really the, um, I think the biggest takeaway after reading the journal entry for myself you know, at this moment that I wish I had known was that um, the stories we tell ourselves are so incredibly powerful and we actually have the choice in the stories that we tell, even though in the moment it might not feel like we do, but we definitely do. And so part of that is changing the focus. So instead of focusing on um, what I didn't have in childhood, instead of focusing on the friends that didn't include me, really focusing on the things that were working. I had a great time with my husband at iFly. I tried something new. And for anyone who doesn't know, iFly is indoor skydiving. And so, um, but trying that was incredible. And just being able to go and have a date night with him um, because having two young kids, it wasn't always easy to get a date night in. And so really just focusing on what was working, you know, focusing on the fact that I was able to do inner child work and yoga and really um, starting to to take on the journey to leave a legacy that was better for my girls than what was left for me and so that was you know if I could go back and tell myself that um, in that moment that was that would be what I would tell myself and so if you found this episode helpful please feel free to share it with a friend the more the merrier and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to another episode of one of a kind you if you have a chance, um, please leave a review. I read all of the reviews to make sure that I am giving you exactly what you're looking for on this podcast so that it continues to be a resource, a support system, 
um, and to just let you know that you're not going through your mom journey alone, that you were so um, in the company of other moms too. And so thank you so much again for taking the time to listen. If you'd like more information about working one-on-one, feel free to shoot me a message or an email or um, check out my website. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next week.